0: Welcome to Healing Place Church Where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny Through the power of His Word Father, in the name of Jesus Lord, we thank You for this day And we thank You for Your Word, God Thank you for the Holy Spirit in this house. I just ask that you would speak to our hearts and let us see Jesus in everything we do and give us revelation in your word and the things that you have us say and do. We just give you all the glory, Jesus, for what you've done in our lives. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, turn to someone next to you and say, amen. Say, but God. Come on. I preached that message in prison. But God. They started throwing things at me. Hallelujah. Hey, you get so fired up, you start throwing things at people, amen? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn. Uh, thank you, Josh. Come on, give it up for Josh, man. He's a... Josh has been here forever. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you a few hours here. I'm just kidding, just kidding. About something I believe it. When I first got saved 40 years ago, September 16th, 1976, uh, this message here probably impacted my life more than anything uh, that happened to me. And uh, there was a lot of other messages. Some messages, Perry Stone preached one time, but I told Perry, one of his best messages, if you ever get a chance to get it, it's called When God Steps in Your Shoes. It's one of the most profound messages you ever hear. And uh, but this message here, and I think, and I'm praying that this message would change your life. You know, we all need to be changed in one way or another each and every day. And I pray that that God will change our lives tonight. Amen. How many of you want your life to be more like Jesus in everything you do? And you know, sometimes the church, you know, people uh, they're not they're saved, but they're not you know on fire for God. And you're thinking. You know, did I get something else that somebody else didn't get? I mean, what is the deal here? You know, you think crazy things. And, and so, but this message here uh, is one. I'm going to preach this tonight about strange fire, at the fire, in the fire, and on fire. And uh, I want to make a, a disclaimer. In the Bible, there is a place where God didn't answer by fire. He answered by a still, small voice. And that was when Elijah was looking for a sign, and there was no sign but God's voice to him, still small voice. But you know what? 99% of the other times in the Bible, God answered by fire. He spoke by fire. He answered by fire. And I think there's a reason for that. And as Christians today, I think there's a reason that God did that for us today. And here we have a story of uh, two guys, uh, Nadab and Abihu. It says, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron— Took either of them in his censer and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before their Lord, which he commanded them not. You know, one thing is that we need to have is the fear of God. The second thing I think is kind of what Kristen was talking about earlier. Uh, you know, you never understand some people sometimes unless you know what they've been through. You know, Kristen had cancer. And so, for her to take the body of Christ, it means something to her. You know, sometimes in our life, I might not understand what you're going through, but you might have gone through a lot. And sometimes we judge people when we shouldn't judge people. Come on, preacher, now. And I, I do that too, man. And it's just, it's not healthy. You know, we need to understand that sometimes people go through things that we've never been through, and we need to have the compassion of Jesus in our life. And so, first thing is you need to fear, fear the Lord. The second thing is I think they had a familiar spirit. They got too comfortable, It's kind of what she's saying, you get too comfortable in the presence of God. And you come in and you take advantage of it, or, or you think things or say things that you shouldn't do. And, and I was thinking about, I was just in Africa uh, about three weeks ago, and I sat down with the pastor's son-in-law. And I don't know why this happened, but I started thinking, I said, you know, I started talking about David and Saul, and I said, you know, David, because I was talking about, I went to Israel Perry, in November, and I was talking about this place we went, where uh, this this valley where we went and uh, got to see it that David was when Saul was there trying to kill him, and it's when David cut the garment of his his, his garment and he hollered at him and he said, "You see this? I could have killed you." And I always thought, "Well, why didn't Saul just get him? He's hollering, at him, he's talking to him." But if you went to this place in Israel, you understand why, because. When you come out of this cave, you look up, and it'd take you all day to get up there. I mean, it was a mountain that he had to climb to get up there to give. So that's why David was hollering down at him. and said, look, I could have killed you, but I didn't. And, uh, and I think this is important because he, he understood the position that God gives you. In other words, sometimes when I was talking to the this, uh, this son-in-law, and I said, you know, you might come too familiar with your, your father-in-law, Because he's the pastor of this church. And when you do that, you're going to be making a mistake because you're not honoring the calling that's on his life. You're looking at his faults as a person. And we need to look at people as when they're called as a position, like Pastor Mike, he's in a position. That position God gave him, right, of authority and you can become so familiar with the pastor, you think, oh, this ain't no big deal, or this ain't no big deal. And you start doing things you shouldn't be doing because you become familiar. You have a familial spirit, and you need to be cautious of that. And I think this is what these two guys had. They had a familial spirit. But the great thing about God is, you know, then Moses told Aaron about his two sons. He says, don't go. He said, don't go and shave your head, do anything. He said, because you're going to lose the anointing. He says, you don't do anything. And so the Bible says that Aaron obeyed, but I like what God did. God didn't let this whole thing go without giving Aaron the answer why his two sons died. And I believe God wants to give us the answer sometime. When we don't understand everything, God has an answer for you. If you'll seek him, he'll be able to give it to you. And that answer is in Leviticus 10. And it says, 8 and 9, it says, then the Lord spoke. To Aaron, saying, "Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle or meeting, lest you die." It shall be a statue forever throughout. In other words, they went into this place drunk, offering fire they shouldn't be offering. That wasn't the issue. The issue is what they did before they went in. And you can take advantage of things and think, you know, I'm just going to do this and do that and get familiar with things. And there's a consequence to it. So you've got to be careful about the consequence when you decide to do things that you shouldn't be doing. You need to ask God, don't let me have a familiar spirit. Let me have the fear of the Lord in my life at all times. Let me fear God, right? And no matter if you're with somebody or you're in the church or whatever, you have the fear of the Lord in your heart. It's planted in your heart. See, God will do that if you, if you cry out to him. The second thing is at the fire, Exodus 3.2. <clears throat> I love this. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Now I want I want you to think about this. <clears throat> you the Bible the Bible says that Moses was on the mountain of Horeb, the mountain of God. I like, how many of you like types and shadows? You know a type and shadow. Well, here you think about this. You you're in this valley, and all of a sudden this bush is burning. And it's the only bush that's by itself is burning. And you're looking at this bush and it's not consumed, it's not going nowhere, it's just by itself, it's burning. And you're by yourself. Come on, somebody. You're tending to your father-in-law's sheep. And Moses is by himself. The first type of shadow is, you need to be where God is. Moses, where God was. It's important. The second thing is, he saw this bush, it was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. And... I thought today, that's what God was trying to do in our life. God gives us the Holy Spirit in our life, the fire of God, but it doesn't consume us. God, the Bible says in, in Hebrews that God is a consuming fire. And so, when, and I believe through the whole Old Testament, God was trying to show a pattern, trying to show these people and show us even what's happening and why He did the things that He did. So, here we see this this bush is not consumed. Right? And the other thing this this fire had in it, it had a voice. This fire had a voice. And the fire that God gives us, the Holy Spirit, has a voice. And it wants to speak to us. This is why this, this fire was being burnt, because God wanted to speak to Moses so he could deliver the children of Israel. God wants to speak to you to deliver you out of every situation you're in. God has good things for your life. When you're at the fire, there are good things that are going to happen to your life. How many of you can take a few more good things in your life? Come on. Good things will happen to your life when you're at the fire and you're listening to the voice that's speaking to you. Moses would listen to that voice, man. He wasn't going anywhere. And I started thinking about that great things will happen to you when you're at the fire, when you're listening to the voice that's inside of you, speaking to you, when the Holy Spirit in your life is speaking to your life or you're convicted. Something just happened to me a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was kind of a a big deal. But in my heart, man, I I left this meeting. I thought, I don't feel good about this. There's something wrong with this, man. You know, it sounded good, felt good. But in my heart, you know, Outwardly, everything was kosher. But inside, man, I was like, I need to call Pastor Mike right now because he, he was involved in it. And so I called him and said, look, <clears throat> I need to ask you something. These people asked me to do this, this, and this, but I'm not going to do anything until I got your permission. I don't feel good about this. And Pastor Mike, you know him. Yeah, let it be a kingdom deal, man. Just let God be God. How many of you like someone like that? Come on, somebody. Like a pastor that don't want to take a... Take his one acre, and everybody else don't have any, right? Us four, no more. So it's good to have someone like this. But I started thinking at the fire, and most of you, uh, maybe you don't, most of you know my testimony. Uh, Forty years ago, I played football at LSU. I wasn't such a nice guy. And uh, I'm sure my wife will tell you I probably ain't nice today. But uh, <laughs> my wife is back there. Uh, and, so you're, and so, 40 years ago, played football at LSU, uh I got in a fight after a game, to make a long story short, and uh, I got in some serious trouble. I stabbed a guy, and I got arrested. And I was facing 50 years in Angola. And uh, the following week, someone invited me to go to church. I'd never been to church. I was raised in Port Arthur, Texas. I never went to church. My Family, my mom and dad—they like to drink too much to go to church. They was at work all week and party on the weekends, and so that's all I knew. <clears throat> and uh, but the guy invited me to go to church. I went to church, the chapel on the campus. Billy Graham, Sonley, or Cliff Barrows was speaking. They were dedicating the building. I had no idea. I man, I was I was living in another world. And uh, and and somehow I got convicted. Man, I was sitting there and I got convicted of my sin. And I asked Jesus for my life. 40 years ago. And uh, what happened to me was I had a, a Damascus Road experience, man. Major. Major. And uh, and God started dealing with me big time, man. I, uh, living in Bruce Lutter Hall, I'd wake up and see stuff, man. I was having visions and dreams. I mean, some crazy stuff. And uh, the main thing, though, was that God... People were come to me and say, you don't curse no more. You don't drink no more. You don't do that no more. And I didn't realize that I even did all this. I said, yeah, I guess, I guess I don't do that no more. I didn't realize God was changing me, man. I mean, I was so worldly and out to lunch, man. I didn't know what was happening. And, uh, but that's what God wants to do. God, you know, Jesus came to change your life. Jesus died on the cross for a purpose. That purpose was to change your life. And, you know, the Bible says a healthy person don't need a physician. It's a sick person. Hey, I'm I'm him. I'm the sick person. Come on, somebody. I was sick to the bone, man. And I needed help. Didn't know I needed help. How I many you know people out there, they, they don't know they need to the help. They're going crazy, man. They don't know they need help. I was that guy. I didn't know I was living high, man, living fine. And, and all things, something happened in my life. And, and God, I didn't chase after God. God was chasing after me. And I didn't even really I wasn't seeking God. Brother, I was, I was doing my own thing, Literally. And But God was look, trying to find me. God was trying to save me, and uh, I just wasn't in the right place. I wasn't at the Mount of Horror. Come on, somebody. I didn't go to church, never been to church. And uh, the crazy thing is, man, I give my life to Jesus, and then one thing after another started happening, and this fire, this Holy Spirit fire, man, started working my life, and I started seeing supernatural stuff happening in my life personally. And uh, that's when my Bible school started for me, even though I went to Bible school, I finished LSU, went to Bible school, got my degree, but my real Bible school was when I started that trial. I sat there on that trial, and uh, that's when my Bible school started, because God showed up big time. Now listen to this. this: I believe tonight this is what God wants to do in your life. How many of you need a miracle? I mean, bona fide Holy Ghost miracle. I'm talking the real deal here. I'm not preaching Jesus. I'm preaching Jesus, the real deal. Come on, not this fake Jesus, but I'm talking about Jesus that could do a miracle for your life. And uh, and and you're sincere about it. You have a heart for it. You need to see the miracle. And that was me, man. I'm sitting on trial. My paper, my pictures on the front page. I'm not doing good. I'm shamed the whole nine yards. But I tell you what happened was God showed up big time. So Coach Matt called me in his office. He said, "You need to move off campus." He said, "It's just too hot." You need to. I said, "Okay." So I moved in with some friends of ours that live right around the corner of LSU, and uh, I've moved in with the son, but the mom and dad they lived there. They took me in. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, God's always got somebody for you, even in your bad, worst shape. God has somebody for you. I'm talking about God who controls everything. Come on, I'm talking about a God who knows your hair, knowing your hairs, even though you don't mind having to have any. I'm talking about that God that knows everything, every minute problem, every minute thing that happens in your life. He knows everything, yeah. and he wants to be and take care of it for you if you'll let him. Yeah. Come on. And if, I thank God that I had no choice yeah. but to let him. Yeah. I'm stuck, man. I'm convicted. I'm arrested for attempted murder 50 years in Angola. The just said you, attempted murder, attempted manslaughter are not guilty. And so we started picking the jurors, you know, right then. And it, you know, there were 60 jurors come. You know, it's hard to tell this story in Africa, they don't understand it. Jurors and stuff. You know, you're, you're going to jail, and that's it. That's basically what happens there. And so, but anyway, so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, come, walks out of the 60 jurors was the man I was living with. Wait, wait. I'm talking God's on your side, so. And I didn't realize it, but my Bible school started right. I realized that God had control of this whole thing. I started realizing right then the guy I'm living with, he's on the jury. I looked at my lawyer, and I said, Don't bump him off. And he said, Why? I said, Because I'm living with him. <laughs> and he goes, He started wigging, oh <gasps> Mistrial, Mr. Mistrial. He's wigging out, man. And uh and I'm sitting there trying to <gasps> don't get him off. And all of a sudden, The prosecutor didn't knock him off. My guy didn't knock him off. And I started realizing, man, God is in control here. I don't want to mess it up, you know. You're seeing some miracle. You don't want to mess it up. And uh, and so that guy was in it. And I tell you what, thank God for him because not everybody's going to like you. How many of you know that? The The juror hated me. He wanted to hang me. He wanted to send me to Angola and let me hang. You know, but God, I said, but God. This man wouldn't let him do it. And so I got convicted of attempted manslaughter, which was 12 years in, in the penitentiary, not 50. And so I got five years, and I came back. The judge let me go home, which was a miracle. He was supposed to take me in. He let me go home. I came back Monday. He sent me to five years, two years in this place. Like, like it's called, it was called CCRC, but it's a place like uh, uh, near the airport. They lock you up shut the door. You know, they throw the key away, kind of deal. And so I was put in there for two years. And someone told me along the road, I don't know where I heard it, because, you know, when you stab someone, not too many people want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 You wouldn't get many phone calls. And, you know, people are just like, um, he stabs somebody. Whoop, and they take you. He, he would talk to you. And so, but I overheard someone say, you need to start reading the gospel. John, I was some kind of Christian group. And no one ran from me, and I was just sitting there and listening to it. And uh, so I heard someone over say, "You need to start reading the, book, the Gospel of John." I thought, "Wow, that's kind of cool." And so I got when I got to prison, that came back to me. And so I had a Bible, and uh, my roommate he 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 wasn't too cool, but anyway, <laughs> he shot the sheriff's grandmother trying to rob him, so he wasn't real cool. Anyway, so I'm, I started reading the Bible, and. Uh, I started in the book, the gospel of John, and I got to John 15 and 7, and my Bible school started again. Oh, yeah, man. Something came alive inside of me like I can't tell you. I mean, it was, I was ready to fly over the moon, so it was alive. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. And I hadn't been to church at all, so I could not, you know, most people don't believe in church. So I couldn't go there. I, I just read what it said. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will. Come on, somebody. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. It didn't say if, and, but, or how you doing. or It didn't have no qualifications. It was no conjunction to it. It was if you believe, you can have whatever you ask for. And I thought, man, this is what I want. i thought, man, this sounds great, man. I mean, you're in prison. That sounds good. Come on, somebody. And so I, I'm reading that thing. And I said, man, how many of you know I, I, what I asked for? Come on. Yeah, get me out of here. Hallelujah. That was exactly. How many of you want to be real with God? Come on. That's when you're real with God, son. And so I said, yeah. So, and I kept reading it. And, I kept, and man, it was just so alive in me. It was like a light came on. It was like, yeah, man. This is it. This is it. And I said, God, I want out of here. You said it right there. If if I bind you, my words bind you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. I said, okay, I'm asking. I want out of here. Thank you, Jesus. And every day I was going, thank you, Jesus. I want out of here. Thank you, Jesus. John 15 and 7. Thank you, Jesus. And I promise you this happened. Six months later. Sunday night, 10 p.m. Oh, you won't forget stuff like this. Forty years ago, the police come in, dogs, paddy wagon, barking, making all kind of noise. I thought, what the world's going on? Line up against the wall, all of you, man. We're all line against the wall. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? Well, ain't. You know, they don't tell you in your prison what's going on. And so, and so, all of a sudden, they started calling people's name out. Freddie Gaker, you're going to Angola. You're going to hunt. I mean, one person. Then he got the money and said, Rusty Domain. And I was like, <laughs> He said, You're the only man in here free to go. Wow. Woo! Come on, somebody. And I started, and I started screaming right there, because you're in prison, it don't really matter. It ain't church, right? John 15 7 works, man. This thing works. Hallelujah! Yeah, I didn't care. You ain't gonna care when you were in prison. Come on, somebody. Amen. I said, man, this thing works, man. I love it. It works, man. And I that night they left me in there. Everybody else was gone. I didn't have a way out, so they let I slept in there by myself. Woke up the next morning. Called my mom. She come pick me up. Come on, somebody. God is good. Amen. And so I'm telling you all this because the Holy Spirit, God. Is the one who does it. God is trying to work the miracle. God wants you to see the miracle. Not something that's far off. It's something that's right there. It's alive. It's well. It's living. And God has a miracle for your life. You know, the church needs to start walking in the supernatural. It needs to start walking in the miracle. You personally, as a personal God. Look, I'm in there by myself with a bunch of other criminals, and God's doing this for me. And then he would have done it for them, but they wasn't asking. Come on, somebody. They wasn't asking and they wasn't reading. I guarantee you I know that because I was with them. They were doing other things that weren't too good. But God, come on. I said, God's on your side. God, if you'll listen. God, if something happens in your heart like that and this scripture comes alive, you need to start quoting it because there's a reason God is going to use it for something in your life. Something's going to happen. And that's what was happening to me. God was giving me a Bible school, man. This whole miracle started happening. And so, I, I mean, this, it was just bizarre. And so about 2008, I got, I got a, an email. And in this email, I thought, God, this is strange. And uh, at the bottom of it, it says, it says, do you remember the name? I thought, man, that's a guy stab. He's emailing me. It's 25 years later. I'm thinking, man, what the world's going on? You know, sometimes it's not. It's better not to freak out. God might be doing more than you think He's doing. That's where you need to go with it. And so, and so I. Uh, Jason Laird at the time, him and I were praying at the annex every morning. So we go to the morning, and God said, I have a secret for you that was Psalms twenty-five, fourteen. He said, I want to give you a secret. Not. So I went to prayer that morning. I said, what's the secret? He said, I want you to write him back and ask him to forgive you for what you did to him. I said, okay, I can do that. So I remember I said, please forgive me for bodily Horn, blah, blah, blah. I got saved. and He said, yeah, I heard that you got saved. And, and Listen to this. He said, I heard you got saved, and I'm, and I'm at this church here, in uh, Texas, and a young guy that's praying for me was praying for him, and I asked him, asked him, where are you from? He said, I went to LSU, and I was in this group called Living Waters, and this is a group that I led. And he's praying for the guy I stabbed. I said, God's on your side. So I wrote him that email, and the next morning, I get an email back from him. I got it right here. I think I brought it. Look, I believe in, I believe in it, man. I got this email right here, and let me read you what I just read you the first thing. He said, "Of course, I forgive you, just as our Lord has forgiven me my many sins." This is a guy stabbed. Then he says later, he says, "Bottom line," he said, "I'm I'm getting some money." He said, "Would you accept some of it for your ministry work?" And then you would have, really have a story to tell people, not trying to put words in your mouth, but perhaps our story, in the fact that true Christians can forgive all and be true brothers in Christ. Come on, somebody. Woo, son. Come on, you stab someone see if they forgive you. Hello. Hey, listen, God can only change a man's heart. God can only do this. And, I, and two months later, I got a check from that brother. <laughs> God is good. It's about Jesus, man. It's about Jesus on your side. It's about Jesus. It's about reconci- reconciliation. God wants to reconcile all the problems you've created. If you don't reconcile them here, you're going to reconcile them somewhere because he's Jesus. But I realized that God was trying to reconcile my, my mistakes, my problems. God had a plan for my life. And this, and this is what God wants you to know tonight, that at the fire, you're going to hear his voice. He has great things for your life. And that he can cause great miracles in your life. He wants you to walk in the supernatural. He wants you to walk in the things that God has given you. And there's a reason for what he's doing in your life. Another time this happened. This is, this is, I love this miracle. Uh, my wife and I moved back from Texas to go build a house. <clears throat> and my wife said, I don't think so. How many of you know it's hard to build a house? Your wife ain't want to do it, and uh, <clears throat> and so anyway, I pursued it. But this this place that we we bought, uh, the land we bought, this homeowners made you have to have a police report. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so I was in Costa Rica two months before there with a team from, uh, Church in, Celebration Church from Texas, and my wife called me and said, "We can't get in that apartment." I said, why? Because your record came up. You're a murderer. <laughs> I said, look, I'm in Costa Rica, man. Back off. Woo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah. And how I many you know you don't want your sins to affect your family or your children or anybody? How I many know And that's the kind of thing I was thinking, you know, I don't want this to affect them. And then and then so we, we come, I come back from Costa Rica and then I get this thing, the guy says, You gotta go get a police report if you're gonna live in this place. I'm thinking, oh man. And then, I, so I started praying. I said, God, you." I had to build myself. I started stirring myself up, man. Because I thought, hey, I had nowhere else to go. Either sell the property or don't build a house. And so, I, I believe God told me. So, I started praying, man, I Believe God. So, my wife and I went down to the police station to get a police report. And my, she looked at me and said, you scared, aren't you? I said, I don't know if I'm scared, but I'm going to pray like a man fighting bees right now. I said, either God's going to do a miracle where I'm selling the property one or the other. Come on, somebody. I said, but if God created the heavens and earth, he could change the computer. Come on, we preach it. Come on, we preach it. Come on, we preach it, but we don't want to believe for it. We don't want to live it. Come on, I preach it right where you live. You know who I am. Come on, we, oh yeah, I believe God. Come on, you believe God? Hey, go down there and see if you believe it. Oh yeah, it's no different when you're down there. Had no control over it, and so I'm praying, man. I'm praying. God, my wife was laughing. She thought it was funny. I didn't think it was real funny. Uh, she said, "God got you now, doesn't he?" And I said, "Yeah, every day." And so, and so all of a sudden, she gets hers back, and you know, her. She's squeaky clean. She's been safe since she's five. And so, and so. Which is good. I wish I would have got saved. I could have skipped this whole problem right here. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's better to get saved when you're five than when you're 25. Come on, somebody. And so <clears throat> I'm thinking to myself, God, I can't, Jesus, you've got to do something. And I'm, I'm and I'm praying, believing my heart, about to burst open, just believing God. And so the lady calls me up. She she brings me this report. Here is a share report. Pastor David, come read what this says here. Come read this report. What this says. I want to show you something. Read what this report says. Can you read it? Give him a microphone. He can't talk loud enough. Hey, you're doing great, by the way. This is awesome. No record in our files. Woo! No record in our files. Come on, somebody. Praise him. Jesus! Come on. Come on. God is a big God. I'm telling you right now. He's able to change computers. He's able to raise the dead. He's God, somebody. Come on. If he made heaven and earth, I said, if he made heaven and earth, he could take a computer and burn it and do whatever he wants with it. He can speak to that computer and say, don't work today. No record found. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm telling you, God is on your side. God is for you and not against you. Amen. God has great things for your life. So when you're at the fire, God is trying to do a great thing in your life. Amen? And believe God for the supernatural, man. Don't just take God. God is God. He owns everything. Something I think we make God too small. Come on, somebody. You know, we're here somebody that couldn't do it, right? Well, you know what? You need to get desperate enough to believe God. He can do it. You know, sometimes we don't really get to the end. We're not really desperate enough. We're just a little desperate, but we're not desperate enough. And God's trying to get you to a place where you're desperate to believe him, and then he's going to move. And you say, why if it didn't happen? So, ain't going to change what I believe. I believe in Jesus, man. I don't have nowhere else to go. Come on, somebody. I ain't going back to penitentiary. I'm going to tell you that right now. (laughs) And I figured out how to stay fire for Jesus. And that's read my Bible and pray every day. So I got this thing lit. Come on, somebody. Amen. With God's help, we're going to make this thing. And God wants you to believe him each and every day. Let me hurry. I'll never finish. I knew I wouldn't. Look, the third thing is in the fire. Come on, someone. Say in the fire. Oh, yeah. Come on. You're going to be in the fire sometime. This is, I wish I could camp right here because I could preach a whole night on this. In the fire. Come on. We go through things. Come on, Christians. Come on, we go through things. Yeah. Daniel 3, 24, 25, the king never came in, was astonished and he, he rose in haste and spoke saying to the council, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to him, true, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth one is like the son of God. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, when you're in the fire, you might not get delivered out of the fire, but one thing you've got on your side is you're going to have a fourth man in the fire with you. Yes. you and some reasons, and some, let me tell you this, sometimes you're not delivered out of the fire. Can I, can I preach a little bit here? Sometimes you're not delivered out of the fire because God is trying to get your character right. Amen. Yes. The Bible says that our faith is tested like pure gold. And if you'll stay in the fight and stay in it, it'll come out. And you'll have no smell on you. But God's trying to get character in your life. He's trying to build something in your life. you got to go through something if you're going to get on the other side. Come on. You got, sometimes in life, you're going to have a problem. Don't think it's unaware. Don't think God don't know about it. He knows about it all. What well, the issue is for you. And for you to believe God to get you out of it. Because God's trying to change something inside of you. It's more important that you have character than you, some flash in the pan. Come on, somebody. Is it more important that you have true loyalty and character in your life than some, you know, whatever? God is dealing, God, that's why you go through things, I believe. Sometimes it's the devil, sometimes it's not. All of it, though, God is using it to get your character right. But I got good news. There's always a man in the furnace, man. God is always first. Last September, <clears throat> uh, just last September, my wife came, we were sleeping. My wife woke me up. And she said, something's happened. I mean, it's late at night. I said, what? She said, felt okay, my son. He fell off a, a, a two-story building, and the doctor said he don't know if he's going to make it. Well, as a dad, you know, you never want to have your kids hurt. He fell off a two-story building. It's was about that high. And uh, I think, man, the what, what, uh, first thing I thought was, what in the world is he doing on a two-story building? And then, and then the, the, she said, but he might not make it. Hey, it all changed after that. You don't get mad after that. And uh, he, has a, he had a brain bleed, punctured lung, all the spine, all the things in your back were gone. He said, intensive care is bad off. And so, uh, it's probably one of the most <clears throat> desperate times of my life. And, uh, you know, I've been saved 40 years. You know, why would God allow something like that? You think all kinds of things. But, you know, that's not the issue. The issue is now i got to believe God to get through this. Right? I have nowhere else to go, man. I can't go. You know, I can't get no help. If God don't help me, this is over. So, I, you know, because of what I've been through, I know now I just got to press. we got to press forward, man. we just got to believe God. I ain't going back. I ain't, there ain't nothing going to make me go back. So I've got to press forward and believe God for the best. Yeah, yeah. See, this is, this, is, this is when you go through things. Come on, you're going to go on the fire. Yeah. But you've got to believe God to get you out of that fire. Yeah. Amen. And it don't feel good, don't smell good, don't taste good at all. And it costs a lot of money. You get the medical bills, it costs a lot of money. But you know what? We're going to believe God no matter what. We keep believing God. We keep trusting that he's in the firms with us, whatever you're going through. And so we, we call my daughter, my daughter, Jessica Domey. She used to work here. She's fired up now. She, she'll pray this room blue. And so, uh, yeah, my daughter's fired up. And so we call her and said, look, your brother got in a serious accident. We don't know if he's going to make it. Can you, uh, will you start praying? She said, I'll pray right now. So her and her roommate got together and started praying. And my wife and I started driving. We were, about three, we were about three hours into it. And we get a call from Jessica. And she said, you know, you can believe what just happened. And I thought, what else could go wrong right now? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm thinking. She said, no, she said, Dad, we were praying. And <clears throat> the girl, that my roommate, we fell back asleep because early. She said, and she woke up and she was sweating. And she ran in my room. And she started to say, she said, I just had a vision. She said, I had a dream. I saw, I saw your brother. In intensive care, and an angel was kissing him. And my wife and I looked at each other, and we said, "He gonna live." I said, "He gonna live." You see, you see, you see what happens? God is your friend, and He wants you to know everything, right? And so, in May twelfth, my son graduated from. Missouri State University. He's here tonight. Stand up, where you at? Stand up. Yeah, come on. He's alive. Jesus. Come on, somebody. Can you pray, Jesus? Come on. Just ask him to show you the scar where he fell on it. Just let let him show you that. That'll gross you out. But thank God he's alive. Thank God we have somewhere to go to. Thank God there's somebody in a fire furnace with you. Thank God when you have a problem, there's somebody that's going to help you out of it if you'll just stay there and believe God to get you out. And the weird thing was, I was in Africa preaching, and my wife called me. She said, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what? She said, the hospital is sending us back (laughs) $1,500. Now, how many of you know that's God? Come on, somebody. There ain't no hospital gonna send you back any money from the insurance company. Come on, preach it now. Not only does God take care of it, he'll send you the money back. Come on. Listen, this is what I'm talking about. The last one, I, can't, I gotta stop because I'm fixing around time. On fire. Come on, Matthew 3 and 11. I want you to read this tonight. I want you to meditate on. I want you to read it all week because this is important. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me, minded that I who sent him, I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what? Come on, the church don't preach this, but I'm going to preach it tonight. There's a Holy Spirit and there's a fire with the Holy Spirit. One translation says in fire. God will baptize you in fire. The Holy Spirit has a fire to it. Come on. And it gives you passion. It gives you desires. It gives you to act like Acts 2, like you're crazy. Come on, somebody. People think like, you're drunk at 9 a.m. in the morning. I'm talking about that fire. I'm talking about where's those Christians at? Yeah. Amen. I'm preaching now. Amen. It. And it might not be your personality, which is fine, but I'm going to tell you right now, you can still be fired up for Jesus in your little personality you got. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You might not be out and bold and crazy as me, but I'm going to tell you what, you can still be as fired up as I can because it's the same Holy Ghost. It's the same fire. It's the same Jesus. It's the same God. So there's no reason for the church not to be fired up. The only reason you're not going to be fired up, I'm going to tell you right now, you want to know what it is? Circumstances, sin, and all kinds of other weird things the devil throws at you, get you off the mark. But I say this to you, if you'll get up and pray and read your Bible each and every day and you have a heart for God and you talk to God in your car, at your job, wherever you walk, however you talk, and I'm telling you, God will show up. You look for Jesus, he'll find you. So, I got to stop now. Mike, send me a text after this and rebuke me. Let's all stand, come on. I was trying to hurry up. And be, I was trying to be on time. I wasn't, I'm sorry. You know, the, the guy used to say, if you're, you're short-winded, you're ass back. If you're long-winded, you're not. So, I guess I'm long-winded. <laughs> ah! Hallelujah. But you know what? I'm serious about this. We need to fire God, saints. Come on. You know how the world's going. The Holy Spirit's telling you how it's going. Christians are being murdered. Crazy stuff is happening. Our political system's all weird. I mean, everything, people in your, I mean, the whole thing is going cockamamie. And you can, see, you can sense it in your spirit. That something is weird happening. If you can't, then you're not on earth. Come on, somebody. So, but the church needs to rise up. Come on, saints. The church needs to rise up and get on fire for Jesus. There's no more time to worry about who we offend. Can I tell you something? Go read your Bible. Jesus said, I wish that fire was already kindled. Because that fire is going to cause some problems. And when I first got saved, I went home and told my daddy, man, I thought he was going to, he turned like the devil, man. He thought he was going to kill me or something. Hey, your parents ain't going to like you being saved and fired up. People around you ain't going to like it. Hey, you want to get rid of your friends? I'm going to tell you how you do it. Preach Jesus to them. You don't like them devils you're hanging with? Preach Jesus to them. They'll run like you wouldn't see because that devil can't take the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. And so, I want to encourage you tonight. Let's get on fire for God, man. Come on, let's take this to the world. That's why God gave it to us, to take it to the world. Come on, and God wants, and listen, to. just think about this. You get to preach it. God wants to give you a miracle. He wants to deliver you. He wants to help you. Hello. I mean, we got it all, man. God has given us all because of Jesus. And we got to tap into it. The church has been weak and has not tapped into the miracles. We need to start seeking God so we see the miracles. How many of you tonight need to fire God? Come on. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.